Graham, is the return home going to be odd for you once you get in the press box? Does it just become normal or the lead up to it a little different? What's this going to be like? I think it'll be the same. I, I think. I don't know. I've never been back and coached there, but um, obviously be familiar with the town. I've, I don't even know if I've ever been in the coach's box, so <laughs> it's not like that's familiar ground or something. So, um, you know, like I said, it'll be – I'll, I'll know where I am, but that's about the only difference in, in that one and all the other ones um, until I get in the box, I guess. But it'll, uh, yeah, it'll be fun, and, and it's been a long time since I've been back there. So, you know, it seems like Lubbock was changing pretty quickly when I was there, and I'm sure it's changed a lot since I've been there last. So I'll be interested to see what it looks like. Um, Neil mentioned, he said, it's going to be important for the quarterbacks to throw spirals because of the win, and you have a unique perspective. Um, what do you tell your guys? Because it can be pretty unpredictable there. Yeah, I don't <laughs> throw a spiral, I guess. I don't tell them anything. You, do, yeah. you just got to, I mean, the weather's the weather. It's not like you can change it. So we're going to have to go execute no matter what we get. And, and uh, when you're out there, you just kind of get used to it. I mean, some days are windier than others, especially in the spring. Spring can be crazy out there. Um, yeah, spring ball is not the most fun time to throw the football. But uh, like I said, when you're out there, you kind of get used to it. And, um, you know, I don't know what it's supposed to be this weekend, but but it's like I said, it's not going to change anything, so it's not something I really think about or talk about much. More of a psychological thing, and just you just kind of just got to deal with. I guess Leach never uh, he never let us use that as an excuse. That's for sure. He never talked about it or well, if he threw bad balls. Time, yeah, I mean, so I mean, if, if you threw bad balls, yeah. he yelled at you, and uh, <laughs> whether it was windy or not, so you better learn to throw in it. Coach, uh, obviously the, the coaches have changed since you were at Texas Tech. But, uh, I mean, you know, they were down to their third quarterback there last week, and he still threw 62 times in a game. And I'm, I'm guessing that probably doesn't really surprise you at all. But uh, I'm just kind of wondering, is there something to the passing game and Texas Tech passing and, and Lubbock? Is there just – I mean, coaches have come and gone, but there's still that reputation of Texas Tech being the this pass happy, pass first. Kind yeah, of I don't know I mean, that. Uh, since Leach has been there, they've they've thrown it quite a bit, I guess, and and uh, you know, I think that that's just that maybe the fans kind of fell in love with it with Leach because you know it was different, and and at the time it was real different. You know, when when he first got out there, no one was throwing the ball like that, and uh, that's just kind of become the brand of football maybe those fans expect or the the administration wants I mean you know administration has changed um since I mean everyone's changed pretty much since I've been there I don't know hardly any of them but um except the equipment guy he's the best Zane but uh yeah everyone else is pretty is is different but like I said I think more than anything probably like it's a it's a brand of football that's worked out there before and they you know you're trying to duplicate success and and uh and and that's like I said give give the fans a a fun product to uh, watch and and duplicate the success that Leach had and and that's what that'd be my guess. I don't really because <laughs> you'd think with the win you'd you know you'd you'd run a triple and never throw it in it, but uh, that's just not the case out there. That's that's what they've kind of become known for and and uh, you know a lot of people have had a lot of success doing it out there. I mean, if they ever brought in a coach to you know two tight ends, I formation, would that look weird to you at, at Texas Tech? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you know, Spike might have been doing that back in the day. So um, there might have been some, some old-timers that, that enjoyed it. But 
you know, like I said, it's it's become a spread offensive place, and that's what that's what they've done for a long time. And uh, it's kind of what you expect to see when you when you uh, when you see Texas Tech play. But I don't know, maybe something else would work out there. <laughs> you got to give it a try. Nineteen, Tyree Wilson. What jumps out at you when you watch him on tape? You know, he's really long and and uh, and can can give you issues. But uh, you know, like always, I think we got to like. They're gonna be who they are, and we got to go execute what we do well, you know. And uh, a couple of those guys last week were long. He, this kid, you know, done a lot of good things. And uh, you know, like I said, length is length obviously helps at at a lot of positions, and in particular that one. And and uh, so he does a good job. And um, but you know, we got to focus on doing our job at a high level because I think if we do, we can go move the football. And that's kind of the message always is like if we just do our job. At a really high level, we can execute, and um, I think you can see that. Like Baylor was a good defense, and we went executed at times really well. Um, so, so the key is is focus on continuing to to improve what we do, continue to get better what we do, uh, be really consistent. Because I think if we do, we can we can go move football. You played there four years. What was the worst weather day you played there? You remember a game that every day. <laughs> yeah, there. <laughs> There aren't any like, like nice calm days where you just get. Now there's some beautiful sunsets, but uh, and like I said, when you live there, you almost get used to it. But you got you got dust hitting you in the face at all times. It feels like out there. Uh, but there there were a lot of crazy days, and and the crazy thing about out there in West Texas, not just love, but you know the weather can change like three times in a day, and that's that's the hard part. It goes from sunny to snowing to sunny again to like a dirt storm. And you're like, golly, where did this come from? You know, and so I think those are probably the toughest days. Um, the cold was brutal out there at times when, you know, those, I can remember going to class in the cold. I didn't like those days because it was cold and that wind, like I've been in some cold places, obviously I played in Canada, I played in Green Bay, but I don't know if I've ever been as cold as when that wind starts hitting you out there in Lubbock when it gets cold and it's windy. Um, but then the days where the weather changes like three different times, those are tough too, cause it's, you're prepared for one thing and you get three different other things. And then you're like, well, I wasn't prepared for this, you know, you got shorts on and then it's 20 to 20 degrees out there and you're like, well, that was a bad plan, but. There's really no planning out there, so you just go with what you have at the moment. They always say you can sit on your porch and watch your dog run away for miles and miles and miles out there. <laughs> you ever heard that phrase? No, but no. <laughs> you better uh, – <laughs> you're not going to see that far because you just see dirt for after a while, you know what I mean? It well, starts blowing at you. Keep, it's no, no wonder they keep the same uh, equipment manager. <laughs> yeah. He's only keep up with it. He is wild. That weather is crazy, but – like I said, spend a lot of time out there, and after a while, you did, you don't think about it much. It's curious. Um, they have a star on their defense. They list a star. I guess that's a, a spur or safety or whatever. Is there any carryover or similarities to what you face with Baylor? Do they do anything that carries over? Uh, you know, I think it, <laughs> yeah, I think they're a little more. Uh, yeah, Baylor played us a little different than than you know they they played us. Gave us a few different looks than, than necessarily we than we probably expected, uh, but you know at the end of the day I think you can. I mean people are going to get to. I mean there's only so many ways you can play defense. I think you know what I mean, and they're going to get to some sort of. Uh, you know they'll they'll get to a spot that you that you've seen before at some point, and uh, it's just how you want to get to those spots, you know, and and they do it. Uh, they do it a little differently. I think that they're what they've shown to be is, is mix it up more than a lot of people we've seen this year. You know what I mean? Um, so you got to be prepared for a lot of things. 
But like I said, once the ball snaps, if you pause the tape, they're going to be in spots that everyone else gets to. And, and uh, you know, I think that they probably try to do a lot of things to try to confuse you and, and not let you recognize that. Um, but as a quarterback or as an offense or, you know, especially the guys that are identifying stuff, the quarterback, the center, so the O-line, you know, the key is to try to, to try to recognize what they're doing and, uh, and, know, and get us on the right page. Because if we do, you know, I always think if we, if we can get everyone on the same page, you give yourself a chance. Was, was JT and Zach pretty on spot, spot on with what they saw from Baylor, in your opinion? They did a really good job. And I think that, you know, kind of like I said, even if they're wrong, if the, as long as they're wrong together, like we have a chance, you know. There were times where we probably could have pushed it one direction. You know, JT could have pushed it a direction, and um, especially in some of the draws. And we could have blocked up the draw, and, and he could have handed it off instead of throwing it. But at the, you know, the, the nice thing about that player, you know, that's just an easy example, is they all knew where they were going. So JT knew who the free guy was, who he had to get rid of the football against, and, and he did a heck of a job of doing that. You know what I mean? So that's the key is not necessarily making sure we pick it up perfectly, but just making sure that um, all, you know, all 11 are on the same page. Because if that's the case, then, then we'll find an answer, hopefully. You know what I mean? Uh, but but if one guy thinks one thing and another thinks the other, well now you're in trouble because uh, that's that's when you get someone you know free runners that you don't expect or whatever the case may be. Uh, so so they did a really good job. I thought more than anything just being on the same page. And if they're on the same page, I don't really care if they're right or wrong. Like make it right, you know. And and uh, and they do a good job of doing that. Those two communicate really well. I think the O line communicates really well. Which just a lot of that has to do with the amount of time they've played together. Uh, so they do a good job being on the same page. JT um, has come in and, and it really understands what they're trying to do and understands what they're calling and understand what, what that means for him. And, uh, and that's what I think that that's played a large part. And, you know, it feels like, I don't know if it's true, but it feels like we've done a really good job not taking too many negative plays. And that really, really helps. And, and I think a big part of that is just people being on the same page. And because uh, that's, that's how you eliminate negative plays. With uh, O'Loughlin out, are you. Uh tempted in any way in the future to some way find Tony and CJ in the backfield together, especially with uh, CJ's pass catching ability and, and obviously uh, his size and ability to block. Yeah, we can put those two on the field. That's, yeah, that, that wouldn't be real hard for us. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the other night we let Garrett play a little running back. And uh, I, I just think the key is to get, you know, get, get, good football players on the football field and, and try to get them touches. And that's kind of the philosophy of what we do. And, and uh, you know, like I've said since I've been here, you know, we're going to try to get our best players the ball in space and then let them go be them. And uh, however we got to do it, whether it be run the ball, throw the ball, um, just find ways to get to get good players the ball, get, get good players in space and let them go use their abilities and, and hopefully move the unit. Obviously you have the experience as a quarterback dealing with the wind and the weather there in Lubbock, but is there any – differences of what you're going to tell the receivers, anything the receivers can do, and any experience you have of it affecting the receivers just because they had a solid game and question marks around them from the week earlier, but that could affect them? Uh, I mean, it, the wind blows here too, so it's not like that's the only place that has a wind. So, they, I mean, they've got experience with with wind, and, and uh, I mean, it could be really strong there. Hopefully it's a, just a normal Lubbock day with just a little, you know, with some wind and not a – not a giant win, and it shouldn't affect them much. That's the thing about it there is you can get some – you get a constant win, but you can get some really, really strong wins. And if it's not blowing really strong, it's not different than anywhere else other than there's dirt in it instead of just a nice, you know, there's clear – There's no simulation one. this week of trying to help them catch something that's not a spiral, saying that if it's not a spiral, it goes the way. <laughs> uh, 
Maybe I can find someone that doesn't throw good spells and throw it at them. But I get one of those jug machines to shoot something crazy at them. But other than that, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get my quarterback to throw a spiral. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to how to throw non spirals unless you, like I said, just try to throw ducks at them or get a jugs machine to shoot them. I don't know if they. I bet you can do that. You could ask the equipment guy. But like I said, I'm gonna try the. You know, I I don't know what what the wind's expected to be. They said it's not expected to be too too crazy. And if it is, like like I said, they'll uh, hopefully adjust and make some plays for us. You get a taco thrown at you. Are you going to eat it? No, you can't trust those things. <laughs> I want to. Uh, they're probably the rotten tortillas they throw at you out there. I don't. I don't think they throw good tortillas. They make good like homemade tortillas. Are really good out there. So hopefully they're not wasting the good ones. I don't know what they throw, but <laughs> hopefully they're wasting the the old ones. Craig, your dad and um, McGuire go back quite a bit, right? Yeah, <laughs> Coach McGuire, Joey. Yeah, he used to coach right down the street from, or not, say right down the street, not far from our hometown. So I know Joey really well. We used to go play when I was in high school. We'd go play seven on. It was before there was like seven on seven, like official leagues, and uh, you know, a couple teams from the area would always go play with each other each summer, and we'd always play with. Uh, we'd always go play up there with Cedar Hill um, when I was in high school, and like I said, my dad knows him well. I know him really well. So yeah. Did I try to hire him? Is that the story? I don't know. You'd have to ask Joey. That's probably I was too young to know those to know the ins and out of that. But no, I do know. Like I said, they uh, they know each other really well. They, I mean, Dad still talks to Joey quite a bit, and uh, we used to play him in high. I mean, we used to play him in seven on seven a lot, and we were right down the street. So yeah, we I know Joey really well, and Dad knows him better than I do probably. I'm assuming it's not a surprise, but he's really shot up quickly. I think 2017 was his first year in college, but really successful at Cedar Hill, um, just from what you know about him and, and I don't know what your dad knew about him, what explains maybe how quickly and how successful he has been? Well, in the state of Texas, it helps if you got connections to Texas high school um, coaches and players and, and the access of that helps. And so, you know, I think that's obviously why they hired him at Baylor in the first place was to get a connection. You know, when Coach Rule came in there, he didn't have a ton of Texas ties. And the and best way to get Texas ties is to hire Texas, you know, a Texas high school coach that – um, has had success, and the thing about Joey is he knows, you know, he's got a pretty outgoing personality. So not only had he uh, had success, but but all the high school coaches knew him. You know what I mean? And so so that helps. And then um, the personality obviously helps him in recruiting. And uh, like we can say we want, but if I got good players, I'm a lot better coach than if I have bad players. So. Um, like I said, he, he's got an outgoing personality. Lots of people, I mean, lots of the high school coaches uh, know him and, and uh, trust him. And so they're going to give him give him access, and that helps in recruiting. And then uh, you get good players, and when you get good players, you win more games. So I think that that's kind of <laughs> the way that growth has happened and the reason why. Coach, uh, one more on, on CJ. With, with, with him kind of coming back, is, is there curiosity at all to you know, kind of throw him in there? and see what he can do, or the fact that you guys were able to run the ball really well last week without him, you know, hey, let's not mess up the good thing here. What, 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 what kind of way do you, do you lean on the situation when the, when the guy's coming back? Uh, you know, I, I mean, to me it comes down like if the medical people say he can play, then play. You know what I'm saying? And if they say he's not ready, then don't play him. And, and uh, that's always been how I've felt. And if they say he's good to go, you know, make sure, you know, I think you got to check with the medical staff, check with the kid, make sure he feels right. But – when they clear a guy to play, you use them. You know what I mean. And uh, that's, but that stuff's out of my hands as far as all the medical stuff goes. You know, like I said, they, I don't know anything about all that. But you know, I think that um, obviously with 
player safety being as hot of a topic as it is, I mean, for the last few years, but especially right now, um, I feel pretty confident that, that, you know, there's not going to be any medical people put, put a guy out there before they're ready. And, uh, and if they say he's ready, like I said, he's, you've seen for the first, however many weeks it was, four or five weeks, how, how talented of a player he is. And it goes back to trying to get your players the ball. And so if the medical staff says he's ready, then I say, you know, we'll use him. And, uh, and, can, and like I said, kind of like I always say, like, you got to find the hot hand and feed it, you know, and that's in the run game, in the pass game, figure out what's working and, and, and go. And uh, if he gets the hot hand, then I think you play him. And But like I said, Tony did a heck of a job last week, that's for sure. He, did a, he, had, a, he had a lot of success, ran really hard, thought it was his best game as far as being disciplined with his reads and stuff like that in the run game and uh, allowed, him to, allowed him to have the success he had. And so, you know, if Tony's got the hot hand, you feed him. And, and when they need a break, get the next guy in. And so uh, – you know, we got a good room in there. Uh, all three of those guys are pretty selfless dudes that cheer for each other, pull for each other, and want, and want success for themselves, but also the entire room. And, and uh, like I said, if if they tell us he's good to go, then then we'll try to use him. Okay, thank you. Okay, Jordan, start with uh, facing tempo. We used to be five years ago, everybody went fast, fast, fast. Now it doesn't seem to be quite as common, but. Texas, do, Texas Tech doing it more so than others, and what what problems that create? Yeah, I mean, I I think it, you know, they're they're probably the highest tempo team in the league. Um, you know, the issues is really just alignment, assignment, and then obviously the uh, um, as the game goes on, um, if if you're thin somewhere, then it, it, you know, it becomes a numbers game really more than anything, a number of snaps game. <clears throat> so. You know, you just have to um, – you really have to be careful with, with how, how much you try to do and when you try to do it. Um, you just have to – you know, alignment is the key. Um, and then alignment, assignment, uh, assignment behind that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's always a challenge. There's a reason people do it. You know, it's it's, uh, it's tough and, you know, especially how they're – if they're moving the ball from hash to hash and uh, – and if they can get it from you know back to the middle, um, can give you can give you some issues. So you just have to you know you just have to practice it, work it, be aware of it, know that it's coming. Um, and so that's that's what we got to do over the next two or three days. Coach, how would you evaluate the defense's performance against Baylor? And the reason why I asked that, obviously, the takeaways and what you guys worked on happened, and it led to the win. But yards were still allowed. So how do you evaluate the defense in that game, and even all year knowing? banged up and these opponents have high tempo so they're gonna put up yards but they don't <clears throat> want to allow yards yeah yards are, are not um any goal any any um anything that i've ever had uh for that i that i you know say that you beginning of the season you say hey these are goals these are third down whatever not once in my career have i ever put total yards on there because it doesn't matter um, what matters, you know, is scoring defense, third down defense, turnover margin. That's always been the in Russian defense. That's my biggest three, or biggest four, sorry. Um, and I've, and I've, till that's proven otherwise, I'll always stand by that. Um, so total yards is is irrelevant. You know, the thing that I was I was proud of the most is the last. If you look at the drive before halftime and the last four drives of the game. Um, so we have to go back out before halftime. We make them punt in the last four drives of the game. I think I, I could be wrong. Um, we're a fumble, 
interception, force a field goal after an offensive turnover, and then the last drive of the game being essentially a turnover on downs as the clock winds up. So, you know, if I look at that with with the turnovers and and scored nine points, um, you know, that's that's what we haven't been able to do. Uh, and it was important for our kids to 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 be able to to do that and um, and it be the biggest difference in the game. So you know I was extremely pleased with with how we finished, how we competed. Uh, it wasn't perfect. I don't know if it's ever going to be, uh, but total yards I, I could I could care less. You, you mentioned <clears throat> tempo. Do you do you rely on your linebackers or your safeties? Who do you? Who do you rely on to get your guys organized? I mean, linebackers and safeties have to communicate and get people lined up. But every, everybody in a tempo situation has got to be, you know, on the same page and know exactly, you know, signal call, alignment, assignment, um, because there's you don't have a lot of time to communicate between positions in that scenario. So, you know, it's just, again, you practice it, you prepare for it, and every position out there, um, has has got to, you know, essentially get themselves lined up and and be ready to go, because they don't have a lot of time to talk between um, the other guys. Now, they may have to in some if you're adjusting a, a formation or a shift or a motion. Um, they may have to in in between, you know, when when that happens. But as far as getting themselves lined up and, and communicating the call, there's not a lot of time to do that. So. Um, but our linebackers and our safeties, whether it's we're going off of a hand signal or going off of, you know, maybe we called four plays in the huddle, you know, like an offensive script. Maybe we did that. They got to know. Just they'll communicate that way. But every person's got to get, got to know what's going on, be aware of of the tempo that they're getting and get lined up. What about subbing? I mean, you got to have your group right there with you. It's yeah, it's almost you know, unless they sub, it's it's almost impossible. Um, you know, to, to get, especially mass subs. So you have to have a plan on, um, yeah, right. Out of your, out of your base stuff. What, what do you, you know, the situation that presents itself, like, what do you need to be, which may not be ideal at all. Again, that's why, that's why people do it. You know, every, every coach would like to have 11 guys put them out there every week and they'll have a, have some, uh, Continuity throughout the year. You're secondary. You haven't had that uh, uh, blessing, shall we say? Uh, it seems like you're filling holes in every week. What does that do? What does that do to you? I mean, that, of, of any place where they have to act together, that's where it is. Uh, well, early, early in the year, it was, it was to the point of catastrophic. Um, you know, and I, I go back to the Kansas game when you're you're in, you get in that situation, and there's some, they're forcing you to adjust. Um, to a lot of things, it's just really, really hard when you start losing pieces and you're and you're bringing up younger pieces that maybe throughout the week or, or even through in their career are not ready for that. Um, but I think what it shows, you know, between our players and our staff, secondary wise, is now now we're in game six. The same situation happens, and we continue to adjust throughout the Baylor game. And so to where early in the year, you're right, it, it, it's, it's, there's not a lot of continuity. But now, the more guys play, which is the, the experience is the best teacher, the more guys play, the easier in a game is, okay, we got, you know, somebody's down, 
got to bring the next guy up. Well, now they've had the experience to go out there, play a series, come over here, let's get on the boards. What they're giving us is what we need to go to, uh, to where four games ago, that guy's sitting there going, you know. So it, it's it's totally different four games later, and, and that's the only way to, to – to get better at that is is the experience. You know, the bright thing is for the future, you're going to have a bunch of guys that now have that, that in-game experience. And you just you can't mimic that in spring practice or anything else. Coach, uh, Neil was talking about how you guys have moved Dante around on the defensive line, basically at all four spots to kind of try to counteract what teams are scheming against him. Um, how has he adjusted? To that, I mean, is that something you guys have done like last year, or, or, um, or would you prefer, you know, if you could, just put him at his spot and, and, and let him go? I mean, what are your thoughts there? What, what are you seeing with? The way well, the thing that around? he gives us th this year, as opposed to previous years, is the ability um, to play outside, especially in some some heavier personnel sets. That that, quite honestly, for the last two years, that is how we're. We've we've been getting attacked uh, a lot with with a lot of twelve personnel, a lot of thirteen personnel. You know, for the lead, the Big Twelve kind of moved that way f for a little bit. Now I think it's kind of moving back to what people know. Um, you know, and that, and that's football's just cyclical like that. You know, just um, but he gives us that ability, um, and it's good for him too. It shows that he can be versatile inside and outside. Um, whether we do that moving forward, just it really just depends on the opponent uh, per week. You know, Dante, you know, he he, you know, he likes it. He likes being able to 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 rush from different from different you know techniques and spots. And so, um, you know, always he always trying to get me to drop him into coverage on the no, but we're not we're not doing that. So, are you seeing though that teams are actually? I mean, they're going out of the way to like to double him more more so this year. Than yeah, I mean, you know. Dante is is a unique combination of size and explosion and speed and athleticism, and so wherever you put that guy, whether it's in the run game or protection, people people are gonna know. Um, and so, if if they, you know, quite honestly, if they don't, you know, ID him, that's probably or at least I hope for him a sign of disrespect. But but most of them do, you know, and that and because he he can create that that type of issue. So. Yeah, you try to you try to get him um, moved around within still within the scheme of the defense that that either whether you're playing this technique or this technique, your job in this call is still essentially the same. So you try to you, you have to keep it, you know, within that that framework of what he's what he's what he's good at doing. Number one, and then what he's what he's done up to this point for a long time. So, um, but you know, Dante's really really taking it and. You know, comes in extra and, and works and learns, and so you know, good for him, good for us. Smith, Morton, Shaw. Uh, obviously, you got to prepare for all three. How do you you break down and do you do you work more on Smith and Morton because Shaw's only thrown ten passes, or how do you? You just you just have to go all the video that you're given. You know, you can't. Um, you're not going to go down this deep rabbit hole of two quarterback offense and 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 approach it that way you know both players have have you know unique skill sets um both can run both are athletic both have big arms uh, both can locate the ball so you just you you prepare for what you're 
what you're giving on film. My understanding is it's basically same block of plays for all three guys, right? So it's yeah. Good. I mean, it's it's all the same. He also said every week uh, said that every week they come up with something new, so they have a different different look. How does that affect your preparation for him? Yeah, you have to adjust on the run. You know, you have to adjust on the fly, um, and they take what they give you, um, break it down, and when you have the time in between. Um, the series, or maybe you have time within the series, depending on how that that goes. If there's a timeout, or um, and then you have to have in your head, a, you know, a set of a set of calls, or whether it's front by front by coverage that that are good for those sets of plays. If it's something you haven't seen in a while, you know, if it's an outside zone team, or triple option team, or a gap scheme power team, you know, you, you have certain things in your in your in your defense that are good for all those things. So you just you try to go to things that you know you've worked uh, at certain times that your kids know. But if, if your kids don't know it, you can't do it. It's not, you know. Coach, uh, Charles Woods, even if he's able to come back on just in, in a limited basis, there's probably some kind of mental uh, uh, positive to that just for your, for your guys, uh, just to have him come back and obviously, you know, what, even on a limited basis, what, what, what could he bring for you guys? I mean, it's, you know, anytime, you know, I've always said this about, about leadership. Your best players are your best leaders. You know, essentially, they, guys, you know, play, make plays, guys respond to that. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if he's able uh, to help us in any way, shape, or form, it, it would be a boost to our guys. Notice just um, giving up 23 sacks. Is that style of play, more drop back passing? What, what are you seeing there that's, causing them to give up 23 sacks? You know, I think that, that when, you know, I want to watch film. I, I don't know, necessarily think it's a it's a, um, it's a a schematic offensive issue or personnel issue. I think that, that a lot of times when um, teams see this style of offense, um, you know, every now and then their approach is to, is to gamble a little bit and send more than they can block. Um, you know, now, the bad part about that is usually at the end of that play, somebody's band's playing. You know, you hope it's yours. <laughs> but See, that's a high number for a tempo offense. Yeah, it, it is. It is. But I mean, you know, when people, um, you know, you see that some will film um, with some with some zero and some overload blitzes, um, and that's probably probably the reason why um, that 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 they're that high. Just looking at it, it's not like they drop back pass and get sacked a lot. That that's that's not that's not there. Coach, is, is there a benefit having just played at Baylor? So a little bit of an aggressive team, tempo, kind of a similar team to defense, just played well, caused turnovers, and have this game be right after? Is that a benefit? Can you draw from that? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, Baylor is 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 a team that's extremely aggressive. Um, I said this last week. You're either, you look at it two ways. You're either playing two first downs or two second downs. Um, you watch Texas Tech. They're the same as far as. Uh, they're the same as far as how they attack the down and distance situation, um, based on where the ball is. Um, you know, they they converted. I think it was seven or eight fourth downs against Texas, which essentially ended up being the difference in the game. They were able to to uh, <clears throat> kind of eat up the time of possession, play play a little keep away. Um, so you just have to again, you have to know that going in. You have to, you have to expect it, know how you're going to play. You know those. 
Um, I don't want to call them waist downs because waist downs are usually second and shorts or, or you know, third and shorts deep in the red zone. Um, so I don't want to say waist downs. You just got to be smart with how you play those, you know, second and third down. And, um, you know, that's really all you can – all you, only approach you take. Is there, only, is there any extra nicety, I guess, having it back-to-back just for the fact that you can tell your guys while you're in practice, hey, you just did this? No, not really because it's two totally different styles of offense. You know, so it's it's – is night and day difference what how the, the approach is schematically, you know. Um, where Baylor's going to get to their intermediate downs by the run game, you know. Texas Tech can do both run game or pass game, just like any other, you know, spread, air raid, whatever you want to call it. They they use the run game. I mean, they use the pass game a lot like they do the run game. Okay, thanks, Coach. Thank you.